0: Beckford good friend uh thank you for coming man it means a lot that you would take some time out of your day to
1: to share your story and catch up with me on the pod how you been man good man can't complain Uh, I'm busy but you know what they say busy is good um busy is a good thing right it's a good problem to have um busy blessed all the above can't complain all right I like it living
0: um we need to do these more often for starters just to to keep in the loop, keep in the vibe. You are one person that you know f- from when we first met, I felt some kindred spirit in the way that we looked on the world. Obviously, some shared roots of uh a cool runnings abroad and trying to figure out how to live and work in this in this uh frozen abyss. But uh I'm happy and excited to to see you. Ultimately, just like kill it in sales and like build your own career and we what have you. So, I wanted to take today, obviously, a because I don't know if we've ever really dug into who Ryan Bedford is. I know like the 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 the, the surface level bullshit you give me over a, <laughs> a rum and coke, but oh, all that. And then obviously we can jump into some sales and, and of course anything else you want to dabble in. As okay, say, so is that okay, yeah, of
1: course. Where you want to um, start?
0: Where do I want to start? Well, I was trying to do some research and prep for this, and I, I hadn't realized. I had some tits and bits, but you seem to be a well-traveled man, Ryan. And again, from the, the country of Jamaica, like, this, these are rare instances for us to to end up being. So, yeah. I mean, am, am I accurate there in terms of your, you, you would think you're a well-traveled man? And, um, I mean, what's the importance of travel to you from what you I said? mean,
1: I feel like... Once you, you meet a bunch of people, uh, travel, travel experiences are relative. Um, so my travel experiences compared to, I feel like, people who travel travel uh, does not compare. I've only been to, uh, I mean, I was fortunate enough to go to Brazil for the World Cup in 2014. That was great. Huge soccer fan. Uh, Jamaica countless times because the majority of my family resides in Jamaica. So it's an easy trip for me um and Mexico a couple times Barbados this year that was great for crop over of course um you no know, select spots in the states but I haven't done I haven't done Asia yet I haven't done Europe yet Africa uh obviously Brazil and South America but there's so much more to go and see but obviously you know traveling isn't cheap uh traveling <laughs> well isn't cheap and I think it's it's I don't have a lot of family everywhere you know like there's jamaicans who are usually you know in the the londons the new yorks Mm -hmm. the miamis i don't have family in england Mm -hmm. so i don't have a reason to go or a cheaper way uh or cost-effective way to stay there and i don't have friends all around the world like my friends are ottawa toronto (laughs) (laughs) so you gotta be very
0: intentional with your travel and yeah i hear you yeah
1: and oh sorry benefit what are the benefits of traveling yeah Um, what have you got from it
0: And I I asked because Mm -hmm. I've been, I've thought about this often of coming from Jamaica Mm -hmm. and we're privileged dog in terms of the opportunity and and where and how we've been able to, to live and grow life. So all thanks to the folks before us that have given us this, but I've always found being not an outcast, but like I have a different perspective and appreciation, maybe living in Canada and some of, what we traverse through in life compared to uh my friends we'll Mm -hmm. call it and the only way that i've been able to pull that is like oh when i'm traveling to other places again then i'm like oh okay every place is going to be unique and distinct so that for me the importance of travel just becomes perspective to be able to say all right you know um but maybe I'm just smoking too much weed. How?
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> Sounds well, like uh, a lot of
0: your travel is sports related, fun sports, related.
1: Sports, fun. fun related. Um, But I try to, I, w- when I first started traveling, I wasn't going to resorts. I wanted, I was like, I know I need to be in the streets. I need to touch the people, <laughs> you know, see what's going on. Cause I'm, you know, I'm naturally curious. Uh Some people who don't know me may uh take some of my questions as being nosy, but it's really not me being nosy. I'm trying to, understand you, the context around you, um and all that stuff. And that's the same mentality I have when I travel. Like I'm you know, why are all the poor people over here? Where are all the rich people at? Um what do you guys do? Like what do people do for fun? Like what do people hate? All those things help me uh get better perspective, just like you said. And um uh whenever I do travel and, and return back to Canada, I'm always very thankful for being from canada being canadian because you know when you go to a lot of i'd say hmm, i don't know about most but a lot of places in the world you have to know how to move right you have to know where to wear that gold watch or chain where to take out the iphone where to where to tuck it where not to speak um most places or all of canada you don't have to do that so uh no we talk about healthcare and everything but for me it's safety and peace of mind, that is uh, something I do not take for granted.
0: So the the I don't know if it's lack of safety, uh, but the unawareness of what safety looks like in other places immediately floats to the top of the list. And I would imagine, especially if going to places like who is hosting the World Cup, where people yes. get very emotional attached to things. You will guide your plan. I don't know. That's tough to do though. If you're also looking to touch and experience and get into the city to also then think of safety because it's like, yeah. you, you want both sides. You just
1: have to be place. aware of it. Yeah. You know, it's nothing, you don't have to go to these places being afraid, right? Just be aware and, you know, rather quickly you'll learn how to, how to move and You know? Okay.
0: Yeah. So heightened awareness, heightened awareness. Well, I was going to, where I was going to, how do you like to travel? not necessarily uh not necessarily an all-inclusive resort but just have an awareness get into the streets get into the people get into the food and the music and do a little Yeah, it's, too. It's,
1: a, it's a mix it depends where i'm going and and what my intentions are for like for example i'm going to saint lucia for mm. christmas this year um i have a cousin who's been living there for about five six years she went there for love got married they have a son now so a bunch of us Uh, on the family side are going there to visit her, we're going to celebrate Christmas there. Um, so because I'm going to be with family, um, uh, I'm not going to stay at a resort, but if I'm just going to relax and I want to be treated like a king, I'll pay the premium to feel that way. Right. Like I was in Jamaica for Christmas last year and three out of the 10 days, I stayed at a resort all inclusive and I needed it. I loved it. Yeah. Then afterwards, I got to do my thing, go in the streets and check the family, tuck your chain in, tuck my chain (laughs) in, (laughs) all of that. (laughs) I'm with you.
0: I heard this. I heard this from my godfather. It resonated for me somewhat because I feel like I I didn't do this for a long time. But if I had a preference now, um, he was just sharing. He's like, I don't know the way I look on travel, Nikki, and just like time not home, we'll call it. I like to travel to see people, meaning friends family loved ones or people maybe you want to get to know um like for me the place almost becomes secondary but then who i get to then spend time with and break bread with that becomes the the purpose
1: of the travel i like that mentality
0: it's hard though because you also want to see
1: every you know so yeah um do you go by soccer or football you went to the uh depends who i'm talking to because I'm talking to fellow Canadian, uh, American, a Canadian, you would say soccer. Okay, okay. Yeah.
0: Um. Well, you evidently are a fan of it. You've of turned uh, a, an interest into a career, which I think is extremely important and helps give you fulfillment and maybe a, a closer touch to it. You've drank more of the Kool-Aid of wherever and whatever it is. But you've also played it. Yeah. from what I know you were you were uh you are an athlete part of me yes injuries aside we'll call um, it um we won't go through the entire career but if you could if you could recant recount your 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 football or your soccer career and, and give me the high and low of it because you've been playing it your whole life so I yeah. imagine there's there's some things on a note
1: yeah. yeah um so I got into it um after the 90 1998 world cup maybe there's some people i'm dating myself but the 1998 world cup jamaica was involved if you remember no um that was the last world cup they were in actually um and there was just a lot of hype like brazil went crazy france was going crazy france won that world cup actually okay. a lot of action and um because of that in my neighborhood i had a lot of uh you know kids from different back family backgrounds cultures who live in my neighborhood they were older than me. They're all like three to four, five years older than me. They're like El Salvadorians from Nicaragua, some Trinis, mm. Lebs, all the above. And I wanted to play with the big kids. Um, <laughs> so it was TV and what I was seeing at the park. And uh, I grew up shy. So I would just go and watch. I was that kid that was just watching the sideline. And I wanted to play so bad, but I didn't want to ask, you know? I didn't want to get rejected. The irony. And um, there was always a few nice guys in that group that say, hey, come play. And it would just make my whole day. And, um, you know, I, I was, I'm born athletic, I'm naturally athletic. So, um, even though I didn't really know the nuances as a child, I could keep up cause I was fast, strong, whatever. I could just figure it out, kick the ball hard. Um, but that just from there, because I was playing with the cool guys in my neighborhood and they accepted me as one of them, it just, the love just went from there. I mean, and I've always been to, into every sport, but soccer was like, no, this is, this is mine. This is the one I'm taking, right? Um, so from there, I went to House League. Uh, then at 11, I started playing competitive. And I didn't even know competitive exists. I didn't know what it was. I just like, oh, yeah, like he new 11 premier. Yeah, and um, did well. Um, I was very anxious, though, because I thought, like, you know, the term competitive, like, oh, man, I'm playing against these semi-pro players. I'm going to get killed. <laughs> and I remember I, I used to be anxious before every soccer game. Nerves. I was just like, get the sh-. yeah, the nerves. I like, just get the shits before. It's crazy. <laughs> like, what is you know, like? The same thing happens to me, bro. When I am really nervous or anxious,
0: yeah. The GI, the GI track, it,
1: dog something just release. Yeah, get like, it out of you. And then, um, you know, played, and I was like, yeah, I want to be. I am good at this. I want to be a pro soccer player. So that was my goal from elementary school to like high school. And then when you realize when you learn the politics of how soccer works. Uh, in Canada, uh, in the world, Canada, we didn't really have the structure when I was younger. Where we had, we didn't have a Toronto FC, we didn't have a CPL, we didn't have any domestic pro- professional soccer league. So, what do you mean by the politics? It... The leagues you are saying? Like, what do you mean by the? No, I mean, there is politics and everything. Politics, okay. as in, like, you know, well, for league-wise, where I am going is that to make it pro, you had to go to Europe, okay. mainly England, and to get to England, to get a special visa. You needed to be a part of like the Canadian national team or have family. It was just a lot of talk to people. Yeah. I was like, all right, so that's probably not going to happen for me. I don't have links out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once you start, you know, raising different levels, as I was trying out for the uh, team, Ontario soccer team, that's when that was my first time uh, being met with, Oh, there's levels to everything in life. There's levels to money, success, Mm -hmm. ability. Like, I was playing against, like, the best in Ontario, obviously. And I, I was really good, but I wasn't as good as them. That's when I knew I had work to do. And that, ooh, I don't know if these guys aren't pro. How am I going to make it if they're already here? Did that motivate
0: said, you, though? Because sometimes it, when, you, when you've, like, dedicated something, mm-hmm. every and you see somebody better, it could just
1: deflate it you. Was, like, oh, shit. How'd you, how'd you manage? It was, um, it was tough. It was um, – so it was motivating motivating but for, back to the politics me being from Ottawa born and raised the, the tryouts for Team Ontario were uh, in Toronto uh, right. the training sessions that I have to go to every weekend were in Toronto Right. Um, I didn't really have the financial backing to make that commitment Yeah. so yeah. there's that um, or a place to stay in Toronto uh, mm-hmm. to train and um, knowing that there's a lot of bias for these Ontario coaches to choose people from toronto because it's easier you know right? people
0: yeah okay
1: so yeah. that is like uh, the ontario thing probably isn't going to work and if it does work it's going to be a hassle mm-hmm. so let me you know let me just keep doing my thing in ottawa uh so from there uh try to get a scholarship to the states like that was like okay if i can't make it pro let me try and get a full ride that was like everyone would be, i want That's to be want. oh ryan got a full ride to ohio state university um didn't work out because um each soccer team at the time in uh college only had i think the number was like 9.9 9 or 9.5 scholarships yeah. athletic scholarships 10 people so what they and you know roster soccer roster is 18 18 yeah. to 20 so what they do is they take a piece of each scholarship mm-hmm. to give it to someone and then they'd make up the difference with uh your educational side mm-hmm. so if you had like 80 and over and your sats are really good you qualified for uh, an educational scholarship. So they'd match the two together to give you, you know, a de facto full, full ride. Okay. My SAT scores were high. <laughs> My English <Aww>. was good. <laughs> My English was good. But Dude. the math, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, Mickey, I studied. Oh, you worked at shit. it and it
0: just, it wasn't it clicking. Just, it just
1: wasn't clicking. Um, and you know, the, so one of the coaches who was uh, trying to go to, I was trying to go to Iona College. It's in New Rochelle uh, University. He saw me at a soccer camp. He's like, Ryan, just work on your grades. Don't worry, I'll hold a spot for you. So you know, do your thing at like your college or university in your city. Train and come back. I said, bet. Do my thing. Marks are higher. I hit him up January um, of my first university. He Just hey, like, you no, know, just seeing what's going on. Da, da, da. He he, basically said like, "Who?" Oh no, right. You didn't the you follow know,
0: up, dog. You got to keep top of mind. Uh, oh, <laughs> I,
1: that, that hurt. Uh, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Is. It's all good because I surprisingly like Carlton. I like life in auto I like life at Carlton. Met a lot of good people. So I was like, eh, you know, it is what it is. Did um, you also
0: join the Carlton team and like get it there? Like you you found and built a
1: yeah. So. I tried out my first year at Carlton, didn't make it because I was injured. I pulled my hamstring, had a bad hamstring injury. Damn. My coach was no nonsense. He's like, nah, you're not fit. Out. <laughs> and then, I, so for like two years at Carlton, my first two years, I said, screw Carlton soccer, screw soccer. I'm just going to do my thing. Try to, you know, focus on school. And then uh, going into third year, me and my friend Andrew, uh, he, he was a good soccer player too. He didn't try out until his fourth year because he was just focused on work. He's like, hey, let's let's just do it to say we did it. Yeah. So we trained all year for my third year. That was going to be his fourth year. And we made it. And, yeah, it was just all up from there. I, unfortunately, had a lot of injury issues while on the Carlton team because my body just started to break down. That training was hard. Like, that gave me a taste of what being a professional soccer player would be like. It's rough on the You're body. train every day. Yeah. Every weekend you have two games. If you're hurt or have school and exam, it doesn't matter. You are getting your ass on that First. field and putting in training. It was yeah. our coach is very old school, so he ran us into the ground. Our training sessions were hard, hard, um, but he was. We had respect for him because for the most part, it was a complete meritocracy, right? So he he'd, he'd ream out anybody, whether you're the best on the team or the worst on the team, right? No favorites. Like you win your spot in training, so. That gave me that uh gave me a bunch of grit just for life in general. To be honest, like that was that was tough.
0: Did you appreciate
1: the meritocracy or the grit coming into it, or were you? Um, I just heard like stories that like oh, like coach is really tough. He doesn't know what he's talking about. the the so- The style of soccer he coaches isn't good. Hmm. Um, so that, that's what I was worried about. Just the style and him like really being demanding in training. Right. I always knew, like, I try to only worry about what I can control. So all the other meritor- like, I can't control that. Let me at least stay in shape, be fit, so not injured and play well. Right. If I do that, I'll be good, which is what happened.
0: Right. Okay. So you yeah. maintain that, uh, that childlike enthusiasm from just being accepted from the older kids and the cool kids to play, to say, all right, if, if I put my best foot forward with coach, i'll get the opportunity unfortunately he was a a man of i would say a people where it's like meritocracy rules yeah sweat equity wins yeah. and imagine you now pull a lot of those in um, attitudes and mentalities to your professional yeah.
1: career and everything else that you kind of he knew yeah he knew what buttons to push through like he was again very demanding and it just created this like very competitive culture where like you you down near needed to turn a demon to to make it and survive. You did, cause this guy, Nikki, it was like before training, no one knew. Like he was that old school coach that You didn't like, know if he's in a bad mood <laughs> Yo.
0: So everybody's just holding in their diarrhea before he walks in to see. Right.
1: The thing is though, so the good thing about him being so demanding and you no know, training as hard is that like preseason starts august 15th or early august so we're Mm -hmm. training from early august until the end of the season which is end of october first week in november so by the time september hits nikki and we're already training in the summer beforehand to prepare for all the madness we're in shape we're in top tier shape even worse, so yeah his (laughs) not to make a sleeve reference but his whip His whip was line up on that line and run wind sprints. And oh, that's I'm what we about. hated. And that's what we were afraid of. So it's like, yeah. he says, line up. We're like, ah oh, man. But by September, we're already so fit that like, it's not a threat anymore. We're not going to tell him that. but It's just, it's just annoying.
0: So that it, now it's less a physical adversity and it's more a mental adversity. All right. Who's yeah. going
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. to break first on this guy? Exactly. So He knew all along.
1: Of course. And again, like we were the fittest team in the country by far. We ran that much. Yeah. Okay. You know? But like by the end of it, you feel unstoppable. So like when you know, if you have a a game that goes into double overtime or extra time or what have you, or the team's tired, like we're good. We're not we're not breathing hard, we're not panting. It was easy. It was easy.
0: Okay. Well Ooh. no notable accolades are one thing you're most proud of from your career then or your season, be it with Carlton, like uh-huh. what was your 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 shining moment, uh, in football or soccer.
1: Um, for Carlton, I would say making it to nationals. My second year on the team. Yeah, Uh, we made it to nationals in Quebec City. Um, that was a good time. We didn't make it far. We lost the opening. It's basically a a knockout from the jump. So our opening game, it was tight. Um, I probably played like some of the best uh footy of my life that game. Like I played right back, by the way. Uh, when I was at Carlton. I grew up playing center mid, but okay. again, there's levels. So center mid's a really competitive position. Yeah. Guys who were playing center mid for Carlton were way better than I was at that position. Um, right defense was a position I could excel in because I had the ability and skills of a midfielder,
0: mm-hmm. but I could
1: also defend and keep up. So um, in this, sports like hockey. You get the but, speed, the urgency as a yes, midfielder, as like, a defender. Like a lot of coaches, what they do when you're a child, like if you don't have skill, yeah, but you're big and strong, yeah. they usually put you on defense. So defenders back in the day weren't known for being for having skill or being yeah. good; they're just yeah. fast and strong. Right. That's changed now. Okay, where like defenders, a lot of them interchange in the attacking play now. Right, um, but I was one of those players that could do that because, like, outside of Carlton, I'm an attacking player. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh. But yeah, so I'd say my second year was good. Made it to nationals, but it ended on a low note because uh, it went to penalties, and one of my PKs, I I just I messed it up, man. I, I shoved this, uh, I I don't know. I just miskicked kicked the ball, and oh, it was fuck just right. so. Yeah. That's
0: the epitome of high and low, all in
1: one fucking breath. It's Like we fucking made it. You
0: play the best forty of your life, you're riding a high, and then all the pressure comes.
1: Yeah, and I volunteered to take the penalty shot. Like it was, it was a bunch of us, and I'd say I think three out of the five of us missed. Like we didn't do well at all. But I was like, yeah, like I'm not nervous. I'm taking this. This is why what I try to do... do.
0: These sports, bro, you have so much pressure on you at that point. Like right. everything is amounted to.
1: Yeah, it's so that's why you have to appreciate these pros that do it and they make it look so easy because not, it's all it's mental. mental. The physical is
0: gone, you've trained, you've drilled. It's now you just have fifty thousand people that will cut your head off if you make it and fifty thousand people that will cheer and raise you to the kingdom come if you do. Exactly. Yeah, it's a different beast. Okay. Well I mean, you did it, dog. In my mind I would never have I think I showed up to the pitch once as like a uh not I think I did, but as a bystander. And I'm pretty, you know how the Panda game, everybody rushes a field if you do well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is also back in the day, I didn't really treat my body right. But I remember just like we rushed on because Otto or Carlton won. And I think I just ran to like the midfield. And I remember being really gassed. I was like, I don't, like, this is tough. And that was a 20 yard dash, 20 yard spin for 30 seconds. And I had a different level of appreciation for, for the athletes at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, okay i can appreciate it like i have no i because i like tried my best and gave all i could before my body started breaking down like i'm not one of those um former athletes that's like sour like oh man like i wish i made it i'm gonna beat myself up no like my to make it in pro sports need a combination of luck like so health uh breaks to go your way that special scout that you didn't know was there was there to look for mm-hmm. another player but he saw you because you had the best game of your life on that day um uh hard work and of god-given course. ability yeah a combination of those three to all go well so i didn't have that the, the, the health my body just couldn't keep yeah. up But what this is what it is mean,
0: you found your way and you've made your way in many a different mm-hmm. cognitive flexibility and cognitive agility is also there for you man i uh i don't know i when i first met you not in a professional setting or a, <laughs> an athletic setting either no no you were still uh you're a natural conversationalist and you got me to open up and i was coming in at to carlton just the shy introvert you were the cool kid that said hey dog you want to come you want to come hang out i was like oh you know so Look for what that. it's worth that was that was that was you to me if you will. All right. Um Mickey. <laughs> yeah dog, no, that's all you'll get. Well how did you then transition or or um professionally we'll call it? You've you've taken many a ways to get to, to sales, and I feel like in some way a mm-hmm. certain phenotype will say all roads lead to sales. Did you have or 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 are there specific uh jobs you took that were gritty? that were tough, that kind of beat your metal. But then now that in the position you are, I don't know, helps you appreciate and helps you be more productive as a full cycle salesperson, you know?
1: Yeah. Like, uh, in throughout university, um, you know, you're just looking for, for money, money, yeah. any you want to experience, but mostly money. Yeah. Um, and because I was playing soccer, uh, basically for all of semester one, um, I didn't, we didn't have time to work. Like I said, it was like a, we were playing semi-professional. Yep. Yeah. So what I'd do is I'd work uh, this tough landscaping job where we started uh, work basically 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. or 6 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, back to so on like, your body. Yeah, it was like 2011 to like 2014-ish. Yeah. Um, so the pay was okay. Like mm-hmm. minimum wage was like $10 then. I was getting paid 11 or 12 an hour. Um, but because I'm working so many hours, five days a week, 12 hour days. Too. I, was, yeah. I was making good money. In yeah, those yeah, stuff, yeah. Right? So it was hard work, but I'm it's about me. my money. Give me my money. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I'll wake up when I need to wake up. I'll be do good. So, um, you know, when we worked at certain government uh, properties in Ottawa, uh, we would look inside the windows, like where we're in these flower beds on our knees, picking out weeds and resent the hell out of those government workers on Facebook chilling with their coffee breaks. We're sweating in the summer heat. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I can't do this that much longer. I need, I need something like that. I need to work smarter, not harder. It's a good motivation. Yeah, so that always stuck with me uh, from landscaping. Couldn't do landscaping all day because when I graduated, it's like if I'm looking for a job, mm-hmm. All I have is landscaping, which I can't put on my resume. Right. Um. So one of my uh friends referred me to uh Scoti- to be a Scotia Bank teller,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm not a numbers guy, so I was intimidated and you know anxious, but I needed a job and I needed a resume builder. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was a teller for about one and a half years at Scotia Bank, which sucked. The pay sucked. Like mm-hmm. the 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 stereotype. Or the, the prejudgment is that if you work in a bank, you make great money. That is not true. Most people at banks don't make good money unless you're in the investment side. Unless you're the top 1%. Exactly. Um, so, you know, tell her, like, you're the first line of defense. It kind of yeah. sucks. Like, so every day before work, I'd be like, ah. You get those
0: nervous shits too? <laughs>
1: uh, not nervous shits, but I'd be like a little anxious. I was Mm -hmm. like, "Please don't come to me with a problem. Please don't come to me with a problem." Which is a terrible mentality to have because as a teller, that's what you're there to do. That's all. Solve their problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, by the end of it, I got good at it, but I wasn't a great teller. If I'm going to be completely honest, but I kept it, did what I had to do. Um, but I think, and I I worked at Leon's and stuff, where they're like, "Oh, you should be a a floor sales salesman." I was like, "No, like I'm not selling furniture." And Leon's, it was 100% commission. Oh, God. So, like, yeah. So, it was, like, sales. It's sales. It's nasty. I was like, no, I'm good. Um, So, from there, I'm going to ramble a bit. I went to PR school at Toronto. That's when I moved there. I went to PR at Seneca. I did my co-op. It was a a postgraduate certificate. Mm -hmm. So, it was only one year, and it came with a co-op. From that co-op, I got... No, I would say that's where my sales journey began if i'm
0: pr you know, like, yeah i was going to my questions is like mm. was that like marketing digital agency was that the first touch of like all right this is this is part of the human persuasion was that intentional uh, or it happened since you had no
1: up i was um i was trying to figure out my next move um i wanted you know a government job i just wanted I knew I was still young. So I said, I need, I would like, okay, Ryan, what do you want to do in life? What, what are some of your goals? I was like, oh, um, I want to work in sports, sports media. What in sports media? I don't know. I just want to work in sports. Okay. So it's harder to do that in Ottawa, obviously. So, okay, yeah. Toronto. But what's my reason to be in Toronto? I didn't want to be like a lot of people who just move there to move there for the vibes and to party. No, Saking I need a money. plan. Yeah. yeah. Save up yeah. money. I need it. What am I going to do there? So uh, my reasoning was going, let's let me go back to school because, you know, some of these degrees, a lot of degrees are kind of useless. You don't really learn anything. Trust. I I studied communications minded in law. Yeah, I learned stuff, but not really like I need something that's going to prepare me for the real world. Right. So uh, doing a college certificate like PR was super applied and would kind of tell me what to unlearn from university and what to relearn from like, the real world. And that's what it did. It was great. It was, it was very fast paced, seven classes per semester. Damn. Always had, we had like daily assignments. It yeah. was a lot, but I learned a ton. Um, Which goes to show
0: there's like this snooty point of university. And I was victim to it too. Like you gotta go to university. It's the only way. Yeah. Where there's so much knowledge in colleges. In oh yeah. Uh, in in going into the trades and things that will just have like a direct application to the real world. I think
1: absolutely we're starting
0: to see that shift, but
1: we are because we're, people are looking for cost-effective solutions, right? Mm -hmm. Cost-effectiveness and timeliness. Mm -hmm. Like the world is moving faster and faster every year that like four years is now, it's now six years. Four years, our four years is now six years in today's years, right? Yep. Yep. You, know, yep. you go you know, you're studying computer science for four or five years like the whole thing's changed by the time you graduated
0: <laughs> or speaking what a different language
1: quick yeah. yes yes um so pr it forced me to be uncomfortable um so from the classes to like public speaking event planning to writing like my writing i was i didn't grow up being a strong writer um part part of that is because i focused too much on my athletic side yep i just did what i had to do in school to get by um I wasn't a big reader. It, reading was boring to me compared to yeah. <laughs> like, and it's because I didn't find stuff that I was interested in. Now yep. I I only read what I'm interested in. But so because I wasn't a big reader, it's actually one of my friends, Shayna. Uh, Shana. she, yes. she was uh, editing one of my essays in first year, and she like honestly, she's like Ryan, like do you do you read a lot? I was like, no, nah, not really. <laughs> and she, I was like, why? She's like, I could tell by your <laughs> writing style. It's very, is it's very static and concrete. Like
2: mm-hmm.
1: she explained it in a way. I was like, hmm. That summer, I bought the Book of Negroes Yeah. and I bought uh, I bought another book. I can't remember. But that's when I was like. Roots. Roots, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I can't remember which other book. But that's when I was Thank like, you. ooh, I need to read to like up my intelligence with in my writing because I'm always going to have to write. It's funny, my, my
0: my book journey also started with, I think it's because it's close to home. Well, as close to home, maybe it's like losslessness, but like understanding Black history. Malcolm X, and that was the first
1: thing that I was like, all right, this is, oh, you know? Yeah, another side note, um, that the book, Mal- the autobiography of Malcolm X, uh, someone put me onto that one, in university. University is usually that time where a lot of yes. Black people read the Black books, right? Yes, yes. Um, but his journey, when he was in when he went through his awakening in jail. When, when he was red. He went from red to. to, to yeah, to Malcolm. Uh, went from red to Malcolm, yeah. When he met that, um, that Nation of Islam guy in jail. Mm-hmm. And he started uh, writing about all the books he was reading. And he's devouring. Mm-hmm. It like made me write. I was like, wait, I need to write these down. I need to buy these. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's what really got me going. Because to see his growth just from reading so much and writing so much i was like i need to get there this is what
0: we were talking about earlier it's like you you, you read autobi, especially autobiographies, people you admire and respect you see a little bit of you and it's ex- extremely inspiring yes. and then yes. that just puts a catalyst underneath your ass okay and i imagine yeah, your so writing evolves
1: exactly so when shana said that it was just so honest and she wasn't dissing me it was just so honest i was like yeah because i actually felt it mm-hmm. like I, it uh, you know when you're not good at something you just avoid it yeah. Right. If you're not good at math, you avoid all numbers. But I can't not be good at math and not be good at writing. Right. Where
2: does that lead? Yeah. 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 I'm yeah, screwed.
1: Yeah. So I immediately started, and I saw my writing started to improve. So, um, but PR sharpened that. It wasn't like you know when you're writing essays, it's a lot of BS, mm-hmm. ten pages of BS, and you know you're citing this, citing that. But PR is like you're actually writing. Uh, memos you're writing uh, articles you're writing press releases no BS in those it's every word every matters. sentence matters so that's where and I started to like the art of writing right like it was an art and we had a Editing, great English curation teacher. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: okay.
1: I can't remember his name but he, we had a great uh, English teacher writing teacher who was uh, like head of comms for um, uh, that Nuclear power plant. I think it's Bruce Power. One of them. He mm-hmm. he's been there for years. OPG, I believe.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and he just loved like he loved the art of writing, and it made me like look forward to his classes. Um, so that part of PR, but it's also oh, I need to find a co-op, and because I want to be in sports media, I need to network, and I need to um, go on informational interviews. Mm-hmm. And me, I'm super proud. Um, I don't like rejection like a lot of people but, like I don't like it at all. I knew because I saw how all my classmates working out like peek at um, someone's laptop. I'd see them on LinkedIn, like messaging this random person from sick kids so they can yeah. meet. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. I need to start doing that. Um, so I started writing out to random people who I didn't know to like have coffee with them. Cold, so that cold, was me cold call, cold outreach, cold outreach, prospecting. And I'd, you know, make sure I researched them before the meeting. I had a bunch of, uh, I found a good template on Forbes of uh, you know, the 30 or 50 best informational interview questions to ask. So I kind of like memorized them and it turned into like this podcast where mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't have a book with questions like, oh, and how'd you start? Like, I'm it's turning story. it's flowing the story. Like I'm asking about them and just like reading biographies. I'm like, Ooh, I like, like I'm actually motivated by how you got here and stuff. So right. that's what helped again, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Like PR, you just had to, you know. And then the teachers, the professors would tell you, like, "Hey, like, you know, if this crisis happens, because again, PR, right? Like crisis communications. right What are you gonna do?" So they they train you to, like, how are you gonna problem solve? We're not gonna. This isn't about memorizing a textbook. We're gonna teach you to think,
0: critically think, move on the yeah. fly, be able to yeah. adapt. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that PR. It sounds like PR is a little bit like journalism too, where through the story and the narrative that you have to put out that's representing something. It has to be well-researched, well-informed. And that comes with a lot of the prep work and a lot of the
1: imagine outreach or conversations that go into that piece at the end of it all. Yeah. So I just use, so I use because, I mean, PR, there's so many different facets of it. Um, You know, there's corporate communications, there's crisis communications, there's uh, media relations, uh, all of the above. Like, so it kind of goes into marketing too and the ad agency stuff but i thought it would be the perfect segue into sports media
0: got
1: it right so i didn't really i like as much as i like writing i feel like even now like my writing is way stronger now um but it wasn't that to that part where i can be like vp of communication somewhere mm-hmm. um so it was, that's how i landed on sales i guess
0: i like okay
1: <laughs> um and i was gonna say
0: transferable skills but being uncomfortable, un- you have said it a few times, but being comfortable, being uncomfortable, and now jumping into a profession that is the the epitome of that on a on a day to day. What Bro. I like about what your story as a whole, Orion, is it, it seems, and I'm sure I don't know if it felt that way at the time, but it seems very intentional in so far as like, all right, sports media, all right, this is the the goalpost way out there. I can't get there now. All right, well, that's going to have to be in Toronto all right, if that's going to have to be in Toronto, I I don't want to just like haphazardly go, I need to have an intention and a purpose and say, all right, well, maybe it's school then for the time being, and I'm going to develop some skills that will allow me to then be transferable. And then there's clear impetus or rationale to say, all right, Toronto, profession, sports media, what have you. When Was then that just cold outreach that you were doing into sports media to land where you were? Because You've been with your 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 company now for a while, and you've, you've progressed through the ranks,
1: and you've been with them from the jump. Was that just cold? Was it a cold outreach that started this all? Um, it led there and and helped. Um, so I didn't, even though I used the score, I never thought of them as a company. Like after they lost their TV, not lost, they sold their broadcast yes. rights to uh, Rogers Sportsnet. Um, they retained their digital rights and they just reinvested into their digital, into their sports app to where they are today, which is sports media app and a sports betting app. Right. So I never even thought of reaching out to them. I was only thinking of the big dog. So MLSE, so, TSN. you know, TSN, like Raptors, Leafs, Sportsnet, okay. that's it. Got you. Um, but part of the outreach was to figure out what, their, what opportunities there are because people would be like, oh, what do you want to do? And I'd always say... I don't know. I don't know what jobs are out there. Like, right. I don't know. Like, Oh, you'd look great on TV. Like I still hear that today. You'd do great on TV. Like, I don't want to be on TV because I, right. I didn't, and yeah. I don't, <laughs> Yeah. I just want to, you know, I, I want to do all something. That's cool. Make good money and you know, but be behind the scenes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So meeting as many people as I could That was like, okay, Oh, this is what you do or this what what's available. Okay. Okay. So how I got to the score was um, so, my I did my co op at a interior design company, right? Um, I was their PR manager, ma- PR manager, PR and social media manager. Okay. Um, social marketing
2: man.
1: Yeah, so I worked for this uh, celebrity designer, uh, Jane Lockhart, interior design. She used to have a TV show. She had another TV show when I was with her as well. So she just wanted help growing her social media following, um, and just kind of seeing what like. You know, she kind of looked at me as a millennial. Like, you guys know what social media is. I don't. I just do design. Run. Handle that. Nice. Cool. Come up. When I, when I ask oh. you for a new idea, have that.
2: Nice. Don't okay. just
1: so she kept me on my toes, too. But we were both transparent. I said, hey, I'm trying to get into sports media, by the way. So I'll hold this for now and learn what I can from you. But my goal is there. Right. Like, That's super good. honest. Because like I don't know anything about design. Like, yeah. you can lie to them. Well, That's I don't a good relationship, me. though, because
0: then she yeah. says, all right, I'm going to help him in order, and just make sure that whatever he's bringing me is his best work.
1: And that'll only help him in the long run as well. Exactly. Um. So second year, second semester of PR school, I was talking to one of the professors, Holly Sobolski. Me and her are still super cool right now. Um. And she's basically like, she knew I was stressed because I wasn't getting any co-op opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's January, school ends April.
0: I I know that pressure
1: running out. Yes. Yes. Um, so she's like, help me help you. What do you want? What do you need? I was like, that's it. She's like, tell me what you want. I told her, I was like, Hey, I need any, if you have any links in sports, I need to talk to them. I want to meet with them. Please intro Ray Tay Tay. So she put me in touch with three people. One of the three people was, uh, uh, woman by the name of Patrice Wiffen. She runs or one of the people who runs, uh, this organization called primetime sports and entertainment uh which is an organization that puts on the uh a conference every year they just had one two weeks ago around the hockey hall of fame weekend um they're well connected so at this conference they talk about the business of sports the minutiae of sports everything around it um and they have a bunch of panels yeah. with like people who are in the sports industry so this year gary bettman was there who's the commissioner of the NHL a bunch of GMs, sports agents, you name it. Like very good value if you network properly. Right. So uh, my job was, I I interned as a communications advisor, so I did the social media and stuff. But part of my job was also getting sponsorship for the event. So sales. sales. (laughs) And man was that uncomfortable because like I didn't, she didn't really teach us. It wasn't her job to teach us. It was just our job to figure it out. You know how are we going to get um people uh what's that uh how are we going to sell like packages where you know they have their stand what's that called again
0: just like a platinum sponsorship package or a Yeah, brand.
1: So, yeah, there's all those different levels. I got you. And how she'd motivate us is she said, "Hey, one of our interns from like 5 years ago, he used to do just what you did and he turned it into a job at a Score. Like he ended up calling The Score and said, "Hey, how would you like to have your I would you like to sponsor our lanyards for um, so I have a score sponsored lanyard so that the CEO of uh, TSN and sports and are wearing them on the panel. That's so creative. That's I such know. a
0: unique.
1: That's so nice. The director of sales at the time of the score um, said, yo, let's go out for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <Let's try laughs> for lunch. Who is this guy? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was Taylor Coolis. He's now at Paramount Plus. Uh, which is formerly CBS Sports. Um, so he was at the score for like a good seven, eight years, I think. Anyways, um, I was like, hmm. And she's like, yeah, like now he's doing well. He's making big money. He like travels. So I heard the money part or the travel part. Like, okay, <laughs> yeah, like I. so it motivated me to, you know, up my effort level to sell sponsorships for them. So there's was one uh, golf tournament tournament that we had to help out at. They were sponsored by Primetime. And Taylor is helping out. So I was like, "Wait, are you the guy that Patricia are you Song the tailor? And and you know me, I'm a dickhead sometimes. So I'm just like talking shit to him. I'm like, "Yo, like <laughs> she said, like you make six figures and, and... you do this, and you do, you're in Spain sometimes." And but I'm saying it with a smile on, and he's just like laughing. I wasn't. I didn't go there all like professional and say, "Hey, like my name is Ryan. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I'd love to work with you." you went it to was none of that. You went to. Ra- I, was, <laughs> I was just myself. Yes. And he, and he, and me and him hit it off. Like he, he messed me. He's like, Hey, like I, I got to go, but anytime you want, like just, um, let's up. have a coffee. I said, I will hold you to that. Like, yes, I'm going to follow up. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Follow up. Like all good. Followed up with him like the following week. He said, yeah, come to the office. This is when they were at, um, 500 King street. You remember I knew, by your I that I used
0: to door knock. I remember the score, bro. And it had a whole yeah. floor and I, yeah.
1: yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you remember. So, when I walked into that office in 2017, this is when um, you know startups were really cool. Everyone wanted to work for a startup. Yes. They had startup energy with the brick walls, um, the so. open concept. Open concept was new then. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. normal now. Um, you could see inside the office. There's TVs, PS5, ping pong. I was like, oh, this is it. I could work here. Yes. Um, so yeah, me and him hit it off. He said, hey, I'll look out after our meeting. And um, two weeks later, he hit me up. He said, hey, they're hiring for ad operations. He said, I'm not sure if it's your wheelhouse, but I think you still get it. It's so a foot in the door. I was like, cool. I applied, made it to the final interview. They didn't choose me, not because they didn't think I'd do a great job, but the candidate that they chose um, studied aerospace engineering. So they gotcha. thought like, he did it <laughs> I was like, it's nonsense. But anyways, he told me, I sent him a nice follow-up email, said, hey, I didn't get a job. I'm sure you heard honestly, thank you so much for the opportunity. No hard feelings. I really appreciate you. He said, Hey man, thank you for the note. Just, I don't want to pump your tires, but we have something in sales that's opening up maybe in seven to eight months. If you can hang tight. Yep. I said, bet. I'm there. <laughs> so throughout, during that time, I hit him up probably twice. Okay. Didn't want to be too annoying or pushy just to know, yeah, Hey, man. still here, Yeah, but yeah. not even about the job. Just like, no random shit that I knew was kind of BS, but just saw so him there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, like, by the Stay way, like, I, I saw this book. I think you'd be interested in it. It's ESPN, I and da, da, Hope you all Happy Holidays. Mm,
2: mm,
1: Oh, I saw this internship for the communications role. Is it just for students, or is it? I knew it was just for students. Yeah. Is it just for students, but, or is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no? Know? You're learning. And, like, but I just left him, though. I didn't bother him. I know he's a busy guy. June hit, and uh, June 2017, and he hit me. He's like, hey, remember that role I was telling you about? Bam now up yeah think you should apply let's schedule a meeting where I'll give I'll go over I'll tell you what to do what you need to know and he like I didn't really so this was an advertising role this is a digital sales coordinator in advertising I didn't know what advertising was except TV commercials
2: yeah
1: and this this is digital advertising so I had to basically learn from scratch what advertising was what different acronyms meant mm. uh what goals like it was just it was a lot but it was exciting Learning, this is ads. I'm working with brands like in a space sports, you're curious sports, about, yeah, sports, mobile app. So, yeah, I had to put a presentation together and everything. And, um, uh, yeah, I ended up getting it, ended up getting it. And I won't lie, the first three to six months, I had imposter syndrome. Okay, I was like, so, like, I had a rough start to the job. I won't even lie, mm-hmm. I had a rough start because again, I didn't know advertising that's super green. Mm-hmm. Um, And I was like putting a lot of pressure on myself. So they were like, yo, if you have any questions, like just let us know. Hit us. Yeah. But I wasn't sure. Is it a, you sure? It's a test. Right. But they were actually genuine because they're like, yo, we're going to know if you don't know stuff. Like you're not going to just know this stuff. Right. Right. I'd lie, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Ego. Ego. So I'm making mistakes and then I'm like, yo, like I know Taylor rooted for me and You know, like, I didn't really think I was worthy. Yeah. I know he put in a good word. He probably sold me, and I'm messing up right now. And then around that time, too, they're doing a bunch of layoffs because uh, the score made some bets that didn't work out, so they had to lay off certain teams. Mm -hmm. So how they used to label up because we were smaller, HR would send an email and say, hey, uh, just so you know, so-and-so is no longer with us. We wish them well in their future endeavors. Mm Hmm? So my first month, I'm seeing so many of, we wish them well in their future endeavors. I'm like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking every time I make a mistake, I'm like, oh, oh no. no. That's a, that's a straw. And, and then finally, like I kind of got, got better support out because my support wasn't great. Like the training wasn't great back then either. Yeah. They just kind of threw you in the fire. They kind of gave you a helper and that was it. Yep. But then I started to pick things up. I was like, okay. So once I got it, I was like, okay i got this yeah yeah okay
0: and now you've been well it's been cool because i the score is massive they've they've also made some bets pun intended that have that have panned out yes uh, very much so so you've got the experience of being at the startup vibes making errors having the imposter syndrome but then also seeing it through and 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 then winning and now i would imagine you've been there five years you're sitting in a place of confidence you kind of know the the wheels that you can turn and twist to succeed or fail type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, your success is now up to you, but you can have control over that. That's empowering. I mean, what's your, your take on, what's your take on sales 2023? Um, mm. you took a long way to, to get to this career, yeah. uh, but it's been intentional. You've made some smart plays. Uh, what are the, what are the transferable skills? Mm-hmm. What do you appreciate about your profession? Gratitude, dog.
2: Give thanks.
1: There you could wait to ask this question, <laughs> could you? Come on, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see sales you. is life. Life is sales, baby. So. I see you. I see you. You're good. You're good. Not your first rodeo. Um yeah, no, I mean every sales are very similar, but they're different. Like ad sales is different. Um at the score, like our sales team, we take a more old school approach where um you know, we, we, we offer white glove service. Um, we're very personable. Um, so just to give a bit of context, uh, when we were a TV station, we were going up against the big dogs, right? Like the score started off as being family owned for the most part mm-hmm. by the Levy family, um, while we are up against Rogers Sportsnet. that's owned by Rogers. Uh, TSN, that's owned by Bell. So we had to always be scrappy and different and agile. And to win business and to retain business, we had to give them they had to get to know us on a personal level, like our clients right right so we're gonna take them out to dinner we're gonna take them out for lunch we're gonna take them to a basketball game, a hockey game we're gonna give them some gifts for christmas or whatever like we're gonna we're gonna be super responsive to emails and mm-hmm. you know uh customize their plans a bit better than you know the big dogs could right so we still have that in our ethos, even moving forward, and if you look at our team like we don't have a high turnover rate, like the, the account executives, the sales reps, we don't have a high turnover rate. Like I've been there six years. The next uh, person, I think, has been there three, four years, which is uncommon in sales, as you Very know. Very much so. Um, but it's because, I mean, we have a good team culture, but yeah, we, 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 um, they hire people who would be good at that stuff. Like not every person wants to be outside, for lack of a better term, and take people out. It's a lot. Yep. right you're not just working your nine-to-five you're doing stuff you're, five, you're managing your relationship
0: like you are invested and you are the face of the company and mm-hmm. when they have problems or challenges with the company they come to you as if you were the scotia bank teller and you have to do it with a smile on your face and you have well, to also yes. look from the company's perspectives and still prospect and find that where is the potential opportunity and make sure that you've added enough value to hit that when the time comes
1: type of thing. well said so so we take that approach. Um and um sorry, ad sales twenty twenty-three. Kind of lost my train of thought where I was going. Uh, um, white glove service,
0: yeah to do more compared to the
1: big wigs. But yeah, it's um it's exciting because I mean advertising is falls under tech. So as a tech company, I mean just working with technology, we have to stay up to date on the latest stuff. So a couple years ago. Uh Apple pulled a huge chess move and uh made it made all tracking opt-in. Right. IDFA. Um remember that (laughs) I just prompted. Do you want to be tracked? No. I changed Um, the game. We've always been very good with our users' privacy. Like you don't have to use your name in the app, you don't have to submit a credit card. We don't know where you live. We just know the teams and leagues you subscribe to. We know what's what 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 your sports interests are that's it unless you want to give us more right so when you it came were opted by default sounds like from the jump you were more good yeah so we we're always like hey to ads, like if you want a premium audience and you know people use their phone while they watch tv while they're watching these games and check it multiple times a day and have a community and they're sticky they don't really uninstall the app user score this is where we are so a lot of brands like the Facebooks of the world, the Googles of the world, I mean, they still have a lot of data, Amazon as well, um, but they had to scramble more once the IDFA changes came to play, while we were like, we've always been ahead of the curve. We've always been about protecting our privacy. So things like that kind of keep you on your toes and keep you learning and growing. And I think that's one of the major reasons why, why I'm still at the score, because I'm still learning. I'm still developing, nice. which is super key. I've only been uh, a sales rep for three years. I've been at the score for six. Right. I'm a coordinator for the first three, the last three I've been an account executive, so i'm still I'm still learning right um all that to say um all those things that I mentioned earlier, like being comfortable, being uncomfortable um those have all helped to uh make me a better sales rep but a better person right wow. like i feel i like it's such a superpower like to me, I would say. You can put me in any situation, any room with any group of people, I will be okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, like whether it's a birthday party and I only know the birthday person and not the other thirty people there, a gala, a work event, a meeting, I'm good because you know because I read a lot, I know a little bit about a lot, but um, I'm also just the confidence that you need to succeed in sales. It just permeates through my other throughout my life right where it's just like i just i just know who i am i know who i'm not right so whatever your judgments are of me it's not my business that's how you feel your skin i'm good um so i think like i definitely owe that to sell even like something as small as you know dating is always a hot topic especially in toronto right Mm -hmm. (laughs) women are always like the men are so trash men are always like women are so trash it's just a bunch of nonsense but You know, from what my, uh, my female friends tell me, like a lot of men don't really know. They don't get the basics right when it comes to dating. Right. Like they go out on a date basics. Yeah. The basics as in the, uh, like go on a date. Mm -hmm. He asks her to, uh, to go on a date. She's like, cool. Picks her up or they meet at the restaurant. And just doesn't know how to carry himself at the restaurant, like doesn't really know how to work the menu, doesn't know how to talk to the the server, might be rude, might be nervous. When it's time to pay, doesn't really know like, yo, should I split this or should I? But I feel like in sales, because I'm always, you know, going out to lunches and dinners, it's just like, that would never be a mistake. I make some so used to paying. Right. Right. And. Well, you're I just those little things, right?
0: You you, you you have enough reps of ultimately just getting into conversation. Where yes. You're like, all right, what are the nuances of verbal and nonverbal communication that will let the other person feel heard, let the other yes. person feel understood, let the other person feel
1: comfortable, even mm-hmm. if
0: it's going to make me feel awkward at first? It's probably better for the relationship long term.
1: Yeah, like even on date, like I feel like one of my colleagues told me this that she was saying when she goes on dates, it's just like she feels like she's at work because a sales she's a sales rep right okay. so when you go out right. for lunches you're you know yeah. You're, yeah. 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 you're not talking about yourself ever right when you take clients out you're trying to get info from them so sometimes you know, not everyone's a good conversationalist they don't really know what to say when they go out on dates or wherever. Yeah. Yeah. we are so we'll carry the lead if they're not and then it's like so even if it's a bad date they won't know it's a bad day yeah, because first, we're like, so,
0: oh my god we hit it off <laughs> we're, we're just like especially,
1: especially if you've been on the phone all
0: day or you've been taking clients out all day you also want somebody to take care of
1: you and you want somebody to
0: just do the therapy for you as well yes. you know because that's
1: what it is at the end of the day some therapy so those skills that i've learned like they just i don't even realize it but yeah like i could like a situation is never awkward for me yeah. Unless they make it awkward on purpose. I mean, <laughs>
0: and then there's an ulterior motive for <laughs>
1: yeah. it. I hear you, Doug. But yeah, those things, yeah. Like, it's just, like, again, the confidence that, like, I don't have imposter syndrome when I go anywhere. I was at, um, I got invited to this uh, diversity and inclusion uh, little conference thing for Black lawyers on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I came from work. You know, when you're at, think about lawyers, right? Like, one of the main, I feel, I'm mm-hmm. judging. But what main benefits of being a lawyer is to tell people that you're a lawyer. Yes. A lot of lawyers don't like being lawyers. They don't like their job. My doctor. Call me exactly. doctor. I so that's the first, qu- Mickey. they're asking my name. Second question, what law do you study? where did you go to law school? <laughs> I, with no shame, I'm not a lawyer. I'm, I'm not a legal <laughs> professional at all. I'm in advertising. I'm, a, I'm an account exec. And I do this and this and this. And I could see the disappointment on their face. They try to hide it. Mm. I can see it. And I you know again, you know I'm silly, so I don't care. He <laughs> so called it out. But as they, you know, conversation starts running and going longer, they realize, "Oh, Ryan actually, oh, this guy knows he a little bit song. about something. He's not an idiot just cuz he's in sales." Like right. again, that's a confidence I developed from, you know, having to deal with so many different people and figure things out and and working among smart people. Like my company hires a lot of smart people like my sales team and even elsewhere.
0: And I'm sure clients too,
1: like clients the, too. The, the, yeah. whoever
0: you're chatting with and you're, that's what I love about sales. You're at the forefront of the business and businesses are generally pushing and trying to grow in some way. You're yeah. surrounded by people that are going to try and raise you up. Cause if you're rose up, then the quarter's probably going to be do better and will have you. And, yeah. but it's tough. Okay. I love it, man. This has I been. I hope fun. I
1: answered that question well. You're... Hey, dog! Everybody has their own spin on it,
0: so I like it. <laughs> um, the the Ryan Beckford way, but uh, from from the burbs of of Ottawa to Toronto, from being accepted to the football field to crushing it downtown uh, and and rising through the ranks with clients and lawyers and whoever, um, dude. It's it's, the, it's a fairy tale story. They could make a movie about it in all honesty.. Stop this. We'll, we'll wrap Stop. it up, Ryan, if you will. I'd say the, bless, the the best way to do it because I don't know. I wish I knew about this as a potential way back when. Uh, it's changed my life. It's changed your life in terms of being able to just develop a skill that works in multiple contexts. Mm-hmm. what What would you tell? It doesn't have to be sales really by the way. what would you tell? What's the words of wisdom, if you will, that you would give to that? uh young little boy ryan beckford that was just like trying to get accepted by the cool kids on the pitch that'll help him in his in his growth and development
1: that's a good question on your feet too of course um, that's the whole point of this
0: you told me you think fly crisis management crisis communications
1: yeah you're good um honestly that like not to sweat the small stuff that like this is something i came up with like a few few months ago i didn't come up with it but it, came, it became a realization that's that- needed. Um, no matter what happens, everything, life has a funny way of working itself out. You know, that, that meeting or that wedding or dinner you're running late to, and you're, you're stressed on the road, you're speeding through everybody. Yo, just relax. It will be okay. It'll work itself out. You're five minutes late. Yeah. trying to let it happen again, but you know, it is what it is. So, you know, try to experience as much as you can. Uh, enjoy your childhood, have fun, uh, be curious um, and don't be too hard on yourself because every whatever difficulties and challenges you're having, everyone's having the same one. Whether it's like lack of confidence and all that stuff, like especially confidence. Like, that's, I talk to a lot of people. That's something a lot of people struggle with. And I feel like if people were more open about their struggles with confidence in whatever area it is, it would just make them feel more like, oh, so it's not just me. Like, even the people that look like they're the most confident, they're, they're usually the least. It's all up all front, you know, and that's that's the journey of it all. Thank um, you. So you definitely, try. yeah, be inquisitive, be curious, try a bunch of stuff because, you know, as you get older, like, time, you'll just run You won't have the time to do things anymore.
0: Yeah, and, and if you stay open and don't attach yourself to something happening or not happening, and just Keep being curious. You'll you'll find your way in one way or another. Yeah, I'm yeah. Ryan Beckford.